As Newsline was released Friday morning, we learned of the unfortunate passing of Dr. Bob Heil, canine EID. This is the statement from the Heil Ham Radio page. Quote, Our beloved founder, Dr. Bob Heil, canine EID, is now a silent key. Bob fought a valiant, year-long battle with cancer and passed peacefully surrounded by his family. Bob's lifelong passion for amateur radio was clear to everyone involved in the hobby. Everything Bob did for the betterment and growth of amateur radio, from his instructional handbooks and countless presentations to his support of the ARRL and youth programs, was based on the foundation and spirit of service. Bob was an Elmer to all of us. While Bob's presence will dearly be missed, his impact on the hobby and everyone in it will forever be felt. On behalf of Bob, to all ham radio operators worldwide, 73. Unquote. Be sure to listen to next week's newscast for an expanded remembrance of Bob. For Amateur Radio Newsline, this is Paul Brown, WD9GCO. Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2418 with a release date of Friday, March 1st, 2024 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST, and island expedition in India draws attention to vital emergency communications, YLs are getting out in the park for a one-day POTA party, and prepare for FunCube 1 to go silent, at least for a while. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2418 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now, reporting from Union, Kentucky, here's Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. An Islands on the Air expedition in India has raised awareness of the need for better emergency communications in a remote region that is prone to deadly cyclones. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, gives us those details. The recently completed AU-2 RS IOTA expedition received public praise from India's Ministry of Communications for its successful ham radio activation of cyclone-prone Nachikanta Island. The team chose the island, which carries the IOTA designation of AS-199, to mark the 60th anniversary of that global amateur radio program. The hams were on the air from the cyclone shelters on the Bay of Bengal coastline during the weekend of the 23rd of February. Operating with five HF stations and one satellite station, they reached amateurs in Europe, South Africa, the US, Canada and Japan. Even as operators were uploading their logs upon return from the island, a press release from the Communications Ministry reported an estimated 4,000 contacts logged. The hams were applauded by public officials, including those from the Department of Telecommunications, for their demonstration of radio's importance in areas vulnerable to natural disasters. This is Graham Kemp, VK4BB. Troubles with the first U.S.-built lunar lander in 50 years have apparently not kept the spacecraft from staying in touch. Jack Parker, W8ISH, explains what happened. Builders of the private moon lander that made its historic touchdown near a lunar crater on the 22nd of February said the spacecraft is successfully sending and receiving communications despite having tipped over during the final descent near the moon's south pole. Flight engineers have told a company that Odysseus is now resting on its side, propped up on a rock, but that the mission is not imperiled. 
Intuitive Machines of Houston, Texas has given assurances that five of the six NASA payloads designed to conduct experiments are on sections of Odysseus that can send and receive communications. The NASA payloads will collect space weather and lunar surface information as well as conduct demonstrations of communication and navigation. The lander is the first U.S. spacecraft to land on the moon in five decades. This is Jack Parker, W8ISH. Throwing a party that's 24 hours long and inviting as many YLs as possible isn't such a daunting task when the venue for that party can be anywhere as long as it's a registered site for Parks on the Air. Andy Morrison, K9AWM, tells us about the upcoming festivities. If you are chasing POTA on March 8th at any time of the day or night, you will likely hear even more YLs than ever calling CQ. The first YL POTA party is taking place that day to mark International Women's Day. Activating parks has been a way of life for the organizer, Shannon KC1OHT, whose limited antenna options in her city neighborhood in Massachusetts led her to operate portable shortly after getting her license in 2020. For Shannon, POTA became a way to build confidence and build community. Now that community is getting ready to celebrate. Shannon told Newsline she has been waiting since last fall to make a POTA party like this happen. She and the other organizers are hoping that more experienced YL Ops will operate and invite someone new to POTA to join them. No one will be left out either. YLs who can't get to a park can still come to the party as a hunter from the home QTH. This is Andy Morrison, K9AWM. Eris, amateur radio on the International Space Station, had a big celebration recently in Florida, and I was fortunate to attend. I filed this report while I was there to give listeners a sense of all the excitement. Eris celebrated the positive impact of 40 years of amateur radio on human spaceflight at its conference held late last month at the Center for Space Education Astronauts Memorial Foundation near the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. 110 leaders, volunteers, and fans of the program gathered to hear and see memorabilia from the past four decades and got a look into how to rocket into the future. Keynote speaker Richard Garriott XW5KWQ inspired the group toward a bold future and passed his license exam at the conference to become relicensed. His previous license had lapsed not long ago. Eris also had a few announcements, including a new partnership with Estes Model Rockets and expansion of the Sparky Radio Kit availability for school classrooms. Ham TV will return on the next ISS supply mission, SpaceX 30, scheduled for mid March and be returned to service soon after. Lou McFadden, W5DID, received a Special Achievement Award for his work in building amateur stations in space since the very first one on STS-9, which carried the first Space Lab mission and the first astronaut representing the European Space Agency 40 years ago. Of course, the crowd was treated to a live contact with astronauts on the ISS as three youths presented their questions to the astronauts. From Kennedy Space Center, Florida, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. If you're a fan of AO73, the satellite called FunCube 1, you can expect a period of silence this month. Dave Parks, WB8ODF, tells us why. 
Under the best of conditions, sometimes the fun has to end. Even if you happen to be FunCube 1, the educational and amateur radio satellite also known as AO73. The FunCube's busy transponder will be turned off between March 3rd and March 15th to permit the batteries to take a much-needed short rest. The satellite will still provide low-power telemetry, but it will remain in safe mode during this period. Much of its telemetry data is used for educational programming in schools. Since its launch into sun-synchronous orbit in November of 2013, FunCube has gained popularity with hams who make good use of its VHF to UHF transponder. It was created through the joint efforts of AMSAT UK, AMSAT NL, and ISIS BV in the Netherlands. I'm Dave Parks, WB8ODF. A beloved radio museum near Dublin is QRV again. Here's Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, with the good news. Amateur radio station EI0MAR is back on the air from ye old hurdy-gurdy Museum of Vintage Radio near Dublin. Two powerful storms in early January left its antenna unusable and the museum went silent for about three weeks. Tony, EI5EM, who holds the call sign for the museum station, told Newsline in an email that the historic site did not stay idle for long, thanks to Tom May, EI9LA, who donated an X80 vertical antenna that he'd not been using. Tony and Joe, EI2JZ, installed the replacement antenna, swapping out the coax at the same time. Challenging weather is a way of life at the historic tower that houses the museum. The location overlooking Hoth Harbour played a key role in the pioneering days of wireless, where both Lead de Forest and later the Marconi Company carried out numerous experiments. The museum is open at weekends from 11am to 4pm local time. This is Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline. Heard on bulletin stations around the world and on the East Coast Reflector on Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and now Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Members of the National Emergency Network in Cuba are grieving the loss of a devoted team leader. Nora Rodriguez Rodriguez, CO8NRR, became a silent key in a hospital in Guantanamo, Cuba, on Monday, the 26th of February. Her death was announced on Facebook by Carlos Alberto Santa Maria Gonzalez, CO2JC, the National Emergency Network Coordinator of the Amateur Radio Federation of Cuba. The Facebook post said her death was the result of complications from a chronic illness. Nora had served as Information System Coordinator of the Federation of Radio Amateurs of Cuba in her province. Carlos wrote, quote, She was always willing to cooperate in communications during emergencies and disasters. Until the last days of her life, she kept track of any event that could affect our archipelago. End quote. Carlos told Newsline in an email that there were few additional details as the family is being given privacy at this time. Nominations are now open for the 2024 Bill Pasternak WA6ITF Memorial Amateur Radio Newsline Young Ham of the Year Award. Mark Abramovich, NT3V, Chairman of the Young Ham of the Year Award Committee, is here with more. 
The late Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, Amateur Radio Newsline's co-founder, started this award 47 years ago to recognize young people for their achievements in amateur radio. Bill assembled a top-flight group of amateur radio operators to serve as judges. He insisted that this independent panel of people with credentials and accomplishments of their own in the world of amateur radio pick the winner from among the many nominees he received each year. I can tell you from the many conversations I was privileged to have shared with Bill over the years that he was always thrilled to hear the results. He was the first one to see the nominees, but was careful to avoid any personal communication that might influence the judges. Bill asked me to fill a board vacancy and serve as the chairman of the award and judging committee in 2002. It's hard to believe that was 22 years ago. Unfortunately, we lost Bill in 2015. His legacy lives on because the Amateur Radio Newsline staff voted to attach his name to the award. Now, we here at Newsline need your help to identify a ham 18 years or younger living in the continental United States to nominate for this year's award. The nomination form and details are available on our website, arnewsline.org. We only accept online nominations to make it easier to put together a package that includes photos, letters, emails, and anything else that will help us get to know the young person you are endorsing. The deadline for nominations is May 31st. This is Mark Abramovich, NT3V. If you're an engineering student graduating this coming May, you may be eligible for a job with the U.S. Federal Communications Commission through its Honors Engineers program. Jobs are available for graduates in electrical and electronics engineering. The FCC will receive applications through the 2nd of July. The agency's most recent recruitment efforts took place at job fairs at historically black colleges and universities and Hispanic-serving institutions. If you are an interested student or know someone who might be, visit usajobs.gov to learn more or to apply. The direct link can be found in the text version of this week's newscast script at arnewsline.org. Starlink has announced it is deorbiting 100 of its older satellites in the interest of safety. Travis Lisk, N3ILS, brings us the details. SpaceX will be deorbiting 100 Starlink satellites launched in 2019 and 2020 to prevent them from becoming hazards in low Earth orbit, the company said recently. While deorbiting satellites is not uncommon for Starlink, these so-called controlled descents are deemed necessary because the company has identified a defect that could cause issues. SpaceX did not specify what the defect was, but said that the 100 satellites risk becoming unavailable for further maneuvering and must be taken out of service. The deorbiting is to occur gradually over a period of months, with the satellites retaining maneuverability throughout the process. Starlink, which is owned by Elon Musk, maintains the largest satellite constellation in orbit. SpaceX said that removal of these older satellites will not have an impact on Starlink's broadband services. This is Travis Lisk. And three ILS. In the world of DX, be listening for the Grassroots Amateur Radio Club VO1GRC operating as VO1TAP from Newfoundland until the 18th of March. The club is marking the anniversary of the naval disaster involving the USS Truxton and USS Pollux off the coast of Newfoundland on the 18th of February, 1942. See QRZ.com for QSL details. 
Gerard F5NVF, Luke F5RAV, and Abdel M0NPT are using the call sign TY5C from Benin from the 2nd to the 29th of March using CW sideband and FT8 on various bands, including 6 meters. They will also operate via the QO100 satellite. See QRZ.com for QSL details. Be listening for Gildas F6HMQ and Michelle F6GWV operating as FG stroke F6HMQ, FG stroke F6GWV, and TO3Z from Guadalupe. IOTA number NA-102 until the 17th of March. They are also taking part in the ARRL-DX sideband contest on the 2nd and 3rd of March. QSL information is on QRZ.com. Special call signs including YR95AR, YR95CC, YR95CH, and YR95IN are among those calls active until the 31st of May. The operators are celebrating the 95th anniversary of the first amateur radio association in Romania's Arid County. This is being organized by the CS Radio Club at Mira, Y02KBQ. CQRZ.com for QSL details. For our final story this week, we visit a Wisconsin amateur who decided to put his portable antenna up front, way up front, and carry it where he could see it, on his chest. The results surprised him and delighted him, as we learn from Kent Peterson, KC0DGY. For the past year or two, activating POTA has been a walk in the park for Martin, K0BXB. After more than six decades of amateur radio from his home shack, he discovered that operating portable could give him an even bigger shack and a chance to channel his good engineering talent into creating an efficient way to deploy his antennas and his gear in the great outdoors. Most recently, he took a step forward, actually a few huge steps forward, and that's what led him to walk in the park. He started operating pedestrian mobile, carrying his gear in a light backpack. He said most of his petty mobile trips have been an hour or two, working stations in the U.S. and Canada. His 5-watt CW signal even grabbed an occasional DX from whatever park he may be at in Wisconsin. Ever the tinkerer, Martin believed he could make a good thing even better. He was troubled by the lack of access to the antenna, which was mounted behind him. So he decided to move it to the front, where he could see it by adding a wearable breast panel. He said that using an operating power of 5 watts, he wasn't necessarily concerned about a radiating antenna being inches from his head. On Friday, February 16th, Martin did his first field test of the new configuration and proclaimed it a success. His first QSO was a park-to-park contact on 20 meters with Drew, N2AKJ, in New York, some 774 miles away. He told Newsline in an email, quote, That little setup I was testing when I talked with N2AKJ was my best yet, end quote. He said a few more activations have followed since then and called them, quote, some of the most fun activations to date, end quote. While Petty Mobile is not his preferred activation method, he told Newsline that he intends to quicken his pace. In fact, with his newest configuration, he's certain to be putting his best foot forward. This is Kent Peterson, KC0, DGY. Don't forget the Amateur Radio Newsline Haiku Challenge. If you're not too busy tuning your antennas or chasing the latest de-expedition, pick up a pencil and share your experience by sending an original haiku to us here at Newsline. Use the entry form on our website, arnewsline.org, and please follow the rules for writing your three-line haiku. Sorry, but we cannot accept any entries that aren't written in traditional haiku form. 
With thanks to Amateur Radio Daily, AMSAT, Barbara, KC1KGS, CQ Magazine, David BR, K7DB, Drew DeMarco, N2AKJ, DX World, FCC, 425DX News, Gizmodo, Irish Radio Transmitter Society, Tony, EI9LA, QRZ.com, Martin, K0BXB, Shannon, KC1OHT, shortwaveradio.de, Base News, YouTube, and you, our listeners. That's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer non-profit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. We also remind our listeners that if you like our newscast, please leave us a five-star rating wherever you subscribe to us. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT, at the news desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Neil Rapp, WB9VPG in Union Kentucky saying 7-3. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2024. All rights reserved.